we actually, I actually managed to kind of finish off last week without even touching the last question. So I thought, well, since I'm uh, kind of up again this week, I, I will touch on it because I didn't want to leave it. Um, Ryder would be would have been appalled if he could have heard me finish that chapter without touching that question because he's, you know, he's he's been talking about um, service or, or ministry, right? And um, and and this is the, you know, the way that he concludes that that section is on. Um, uh, the the salvation of souls, uh, evangelism, right? And um, and I just kind of, um, I think I'd mentioned one, a week or two ago that uh, you know this is the 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 part of uh, ministry that that reaches out. Most ministry goes on within the body; it's for the building up of the body. But this is the the arm that reaches out to those outside the body in order to bring them in and it is a ministry of the holy spirit it's not our work it's it's his work um and of course he uses us as as vessels in that in that work so um i the i kind of i have um part of his his quote here um he says, the, the gospel spirit is the spirit of Christ. I do not now speak of the evangelist, but rather of us all. And then he says this, do we love souls? Do we long to see them saved? And um, I highlighted that that portion. You know, it says, do we, cause, do we love souls? Do we long to see them saved? Then, when we, then we will be ready to give the gospel to others. Um, and um, a little further down, he says, how, you know, how this searches us. Um, you know, well, he says he says it is it is hard to speak of Christ if we are not in communion. It is hard not to speak of Him when we are. And then he says, "How this searches us," and that that searches me certainly. You know, um, it doesn't always uh, come as the first, you know, most most natural thing to me to to share Christ with an unbeliever. Um, you know, sometimes it's sometimes it's there in my mind, but I uh, I often you know, chicken out, for lack of a better word, you know, when it comes to sharing Christ. And what does that say about, you know, um, about my communion with Christ, right? So um, so I didn't want to um, move on without, without touching on that. Um, I can say a little bit more, but I'm going to see if anyone else had anything to say on that first. I, I really like the fact that you, you use the word chicken out because I really think that's appropriate. We do that a lot. Um, you know, we're not going around looking for, you know, uh, you know tapping everybody on the shoulder to say, are you saved? Like that guy did, uh, when the Titanic went down, you know, he kept going from, from float to float and asked, that's what he would say, are you, are, do, you know, do you know Jesus Christ? And, at the same time, I think as you go along, you begin to realize that any sort of a relationship you're going to have with somebody that's long-term, if you're a believer, it's got to be based on uh, that they're a believer. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think every one of us probably has at least some persons who were close friends of ours at one point that aren't today because they never came to Christ. Because your whole value system changes. 
you know, it's very, very difficult. So, um, yeah, JD, you're, are you moving around? Yeah, so you got something ready to come out there. I don't well, know. I know. So there's a couple things on my mind um, with regards to this. And, and Courtney, you know, you and I talked about some of the, the missionaries that um, have been involved in your life and that are kind of circling around even our own local body and, and obviously the ones that we support. And so this this goes out to gospel evangelism, right? What is evangelism? Um, we're talking about the ministry of the spirit. and We've been reviewing the fact that ministry has a lot of different capacities and it's designed to be <clears throat> empowered by the Holy Spirit and used to the edification of the church. But what what about this situation where from the local body, um, there comes a soul who desires to to reach out beyond themselves. You talked about it as an arm of ministry. And in the scripture, we see that these these there, there's a there's different instances of sharing the gospel. Right. There's the arm that's sent out from the local body that we support. Um, and then there are those gospel efforts, if we want to call them that, um, that are made on our local soil. Right. And I think that. You know, in, in Christianity, there's a lot of different maybe <clears throat> judgmental perspectives of like what kind of missions are you in or what kind of gospel sharing ministry are you in? Are, are you on the corner, street corner? Or are you going door to door? Are you, you know, a chaplain for the, you know, the football team? Like what, what capacity? And I don't think the capacity is as important as a love for the message that you're sharing. And I think that that's what Rideout's talking about here is that it searches us and it's not an individual that's just called to missions or one who is just called to be a pastor teacher. It has to do with each and every one of us and our love for um, another human being who needs to know the truth. And I think that that's one of the things that really embodied my heart when I set out to to think about, and I was sharing the gospel at a pretty early age, um, in my, in my walk anyway. Um, and it was very scary, but it was one of those things where I kind of just pushed through and pushed through. And then I made my own tracks and, you know, I revised them and made them better. And I felt like they'd shut the door on me less if I just made the track a little better and had a better little image, you know, associated with it. Um, but no, it searches each and every one of us and we all have a mission field. And so I'll stop there and just maybe let the, the class speak to that. But um, it is a very special arm of what the Lord is doing. It's it's the going out. Right. And but what is that? What is that? What's that mean for Ralph? What does that mean, you know, for Joanne or Bob or Brian or, or Miles or Mike? Like, what does this mean to us? That's a question I'd like to actually think about for a minute. Mm hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, for me personally, it's actually very easy for me to live inside a pretty Christian bubble. You know, I drive truck for a living, so it's pretty solitary. You know, I, I, I say thank you to the person at the, at the, uh, you know, I get my scale ticket, but I don't have conversations. <laughs> you know, right. so it's easy to, to, to isolate in, inside a, you know, my Christian circles. That's for, you know. Go oh, ahead. Yeah, no, sorry. I, I, you know, I, I think also this has to be framed in the in the fact that it's not us. You know, we make it that we have to be the ones that are going to bring everybody to Christ. 
you know, again, what we're, we're saying, it's the Holy Spirit that does it. And I, I think in a lot of ways, kind of what J.D. is, you know, there's missionaries, there's all sorts, but, you know, we, we may be just a light that, that they notice something different about us. And then they ask or whatever. And I, I also go back to in Corinthians where, you know, Paul, Paul planted Apollos watered and God brought the growth. And I, mm-hmm. and I think we, we think we have to do all phases of it. And we have to bring somebody to, to the saving knowledge. And it's not, you know, it's ultimately the Holy Spirit. We, we can be used in a thousand different ways. Not that we're a specific missionary or a specific evangelist or whatever. I think it's, you know, we're used just, yeah, I think one of those, one of those hungry hearts, you know, if, you know, I may be called to be just a flower along the path, you know, somebody, you know, saw something different, you know. Again, I think this gets a little bit dangerous in that we have to feel like we're the ones that have to bring people to Christ. It's not your responsibility. Exactly. And I mean, we're, we're a part of, you know, and I think I related the story about Bill Fay a thousand times. You know, it's somebody who said something years before that hit him late years later that, you know, finally realized about his need for a savior. And it may be, you know, again, we're kind of the fast food, you know, microwave generation. We want to have it happen right now. And it may not be in God's timing. You know, we have to leave it, leave it up to the Holy Spirit working on that person. And, you know, when we say, you know, we have to be in the soul saving, yes, we do. But if that's our focus, that we're going to be the ones that do it, our focus is wrong. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Courtney, how, uh, right now makes the point that uh, um, he says, do we love souls? Question mark. Do we long to see them saved? Mm-hmm. Then we will be ready to give the gospel to others. The readiness shows the state of soul. It's hard to speak of Christ. If we're not in communion, it's hard not to speak of him when we are. So it's my responsibility to love souls, to be ready, uh, or to have a, a longing in my heart that they be saved, or is it just a any any human being or just people that are I know are close to me? I think anybody. I think it's just the the longing is there. I think we all long for everybody to have what we have in uh, life in Christ. I think that's a longing that we all have. And, you know, I think it's a loving part. You know, we have it in our family, a couple of them, I think. You know, uh, my nephew's wife was not, you know, she's she rougher background, you know, this and that. And even my brother was, you know, a little more judgmental and things. But we, Ingrid and I basically just showed her love, you know, didn't judge past, didn't do anything, just showed love. And and she ultimately came to know the Lord. And she referenced that, you know, we were we didn't we didn't judge. We just accepted her and loved her. And that was the key. And we weren't the ones that brought her to knowledge, but that was that was the you know watering and planting and all that. And, yeah. and I, you know, it would you know it brings me to tears. My one of my what is it, uh, <laughs> nephew's sons? Um, he was at Camp Elam, and and it was uh, uh, it was where he he referenced uh, you know that it was us. And that he 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 knew that we prayed every time for dinner, and he and he he that's what drew drew him to it. Just us praying for dinner. He made that you know that was a 
always thing, and that was very impactful for him. We had no idea, but it was at a campfire, you know, talking about what's going on with him, and that was one of the big things, just us praying. And that, you know, so when we think about what we have to do, it's just being available and being a light. You know, that that's the key. It's not that I have to go and save them. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, the love for the Lord will will be noticeable to a dark world. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I do think that there's a, this, this last sentence that uh, right out says, let's pray that the Spirit of God may arouse in us to this, his great work of the salvation of the soul. I do know that as you... As you grow in the knowledge and grace of the Lord Jesus, you 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 become extremely aware that there are only really two existences that there are: the one in Christ and one outside of Christ. And no matter how much happy dance you put on it, one one's lost and one is saved. And even though there there, there must be the work of the Spirit, and maybe we ought to uh, spend more time praying about that God would, the Spirit of God would arouse in us a a hunger for the salvation of souls. I like that prayer. I think that it is maybe at least a reminder that 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 is a a focus of why we're here, right? Um, And I... The, the the verse first Peter three fifteen really comes to mind. So what Courtney was saying about um how we are used as maybe we're the only light or the Bible that others read. We talk about that a lot with our kids too. Um the question is it's not our or or the point was that it's not our responsibility to save souls. As an ambassador, it is not our message. We are the giver of the message, um and we do it out of love, right? That's the ultimate desire is for them to understand that they are loved by God. They were created in the image of God in order to be loved by God. And there's a problem, and we take them through that problem, but we do that for the purposes of loving them and so that they might know the love of the Lord like we do and not be in that other existence, as you mentioned, Mike. But First Peter 3.15 talks a lot about, to me, what I think our responsibility is in light of the souls that are lost that God brings into our life. And I think that... This is one that's just kind of pounded on me over the years. It says, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Now, this assumes that you're giving a defense and maybe not sharing the gospel is always a defense, but often it is. And I think that this verse helps us understand that our responsibility is to be prepared for the reason of the hope that you have. And that's a question that you have to ask yourself is, are you prepared to give a defense to everyone who asks you for the hope that you have? Um, and you, sh- we should be able to do that, right? That's, that's our, that's, that's our opportunity, our, our privilege to share the gospel message. And so, um, but the really interesting part of that is the word, um, asks. And I'll maybe leave it there. Why I would ask, be prepared to give a defense to everyone who asks. Uh, I've really kind of bolded that in my mind for years. And I'll let Miles, if you want to kind of chime in on some of that. It takes me, it takes me back a few years. You, you, you've been teaching that for a while. That's, yeah. But I, I mean, you know, um, and I agree 
through this whole conversation, there's a man named Yuri in my mind. He's the guy who unloads the potato trailers at Old Dutch. And he's, he's from Kazakhstan. And, uh, originally he's, um, and, uh, and he's not a believer. Um, but he always, when, he, when we, our paths cross, you know, he always comes over to talk. And, um, you know, the Lord's really placed him on my heart for, for quite some time. And yet his English is terrible. It's hard to talk about anything, you know, never mind, uh, try to talk about the gospel. You need you know. to get some tongues. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I thought I'd give him the gift of a good seed resource translated into Russian, but found out they're having trouble getting some of their books printed right now and that kind of thing. So, you know, but, but I, um, he speaks Russian, but, um, you know, so, so I have this, I have this, uh, this love for his soul. You know, it is, uh, I long, I'd long to see him saved. You know, that's, that's there. Um, and yet, you know, the, 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 the right opportunity or conversation or question hasn't, uh, you know, hasn't presented itself. Um, and so I've been, you know, wrestling with that, with that myself. You know, um, you just, uh, our conversations are usually about one to two minutes long. Um, you know, once or twice a week kind of a thing. Um, and so, so a lot of this is very, you know, it's very close to, to home. Um, and, 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 and I've wrestled with that uh, some, you know, because like you said, JD, you know, um, when, when they ask, when a person, and, and I think there's, there's absolutely, um, something to that. When they, when they have the, they, they see something, they know, they, they, they begin to see their need. You know, um, there's this point where they, they will ask you, um, what is it? Like, what, what makes that difference? Um, and, and that I think is a, a real fertile, um, uh, soil. Yeah. You know, Miles, that, you know, <laughs> first of all, Ingrid said, maybe the Lord's wanting you to learn Russian, but, <laughs> um, the, uh, you know, the other is that, you know, again, timing. You know, he may be, this is the, this is the, the planting, developing the relationship over many years that, that he feels comfortable with you. This, you know, it, it's, it's the Lord's timing, not ours and our anxiousness, your anxiousness, which we all have when we, you know, family members and this, you know, but, but again, it's, it's a process, planting, watering, all this and that, you know, it may be 10 years. It may be, you know, next week. It, it's the Lord's timing. And Mike, I want to get back to the one thing, you know, and you said on that last thing that let us pray that the Spirit of God may arouse us to this, the, His great work in the salvation of souls. The key of that is His great work, not ours. And that's, that's where I think we get off track, is that it's not ours. It's His work, His timing, Miles. It's, you know, it could be, we, we're anxious. I think it's to be, you know, build that relationship and when it, when, and it may not be you. It may be somebody else that you reference. Man, this guy that comes into the truck all the time and what's the, he, he says about the Lord and talks to somebody else. It's, it may be somebody else. And so you're saying, so you're saying that it's not the analytics of professions of faith at the end of each major <laughs> yeah. event. 
you know, Although that can be very, very interesting and beneficial, but I, I love how you said it's his great work. Yeah. Right? And it sounds a lot of times when we get into evangelical circles or contexts within ministry that have to do with evangelism, that it is a notch in a belt as opposed yeah. to his great work. It's his work and his timing. I mean, we have, we have to throw that in there. It's his timing and his work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we just have to be will, willing, you know, instruments in his hands. I also think that, that in order for you to be approachable in this equation, you must, you must have that hope in you. People have got to see it. Mm-hmm. So in terms of responsibility, I think that's where the responsibility is that we, we, we grow in the knowledge and grace and the conformity to the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. And what does that create? It creates a, a, a non-verbal communicator to a non-believer that there's something different. There is a hope. There is a, a, a something of value that uh, is part of who my person is that you don't that you don't see in everybody around you. So my responsibility is to continue to grow in Christ. That's it. That's it. That, that's that's being a, a light in a dark world. They're yeah. drawn. They're drawn. If you your light can be dim or bright. Yeah. You know, depending on you know, and I, I it miles the same thing. You know, with, with me and the drill rig. You know, a lot of people have asked me why why am I so different? Well, not well not. <laughs> crazy, but oh, I could tell them. I know that's I, I. I suddenly realized I better clarify that very quickly. <laughs> um, but you know, there it just you know I've had several conversations with people just because of there, there's there's a difference between kind of the <laughs> the dark world of a drilling <laughs> drill rig versus uh. you know the light, and and it's not that I'm out there on a soapbox pre- preaching the gospel. It's just they know something's different. And, mm-hmm. and that's the the light in a dark world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that light in the dark world. I mean, my mind here was was kind of revolving around Second Corinthians four. You know, so the surpassing greatness of the of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. Yep, and you right. know, that's in the context of the the glory. You know, the glory of God in the presence yeah. of Christ. Okay. That's that really, I think, is what it's. It is what it's all about. You know, that's that, that's the, in that first Peter passage, you know, they see, they see this glory, you know, uh, radiating out of this, this earthen vessel. <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, what, what is that? <laughs> Essentially. And I think that the defense that we give, I think, you know, to answer that question, what is that? The answer is Christ. You know, Christ is the reason that this, that this, Vessel looks so different to you, you know, to you. Um, yeah. So, and, and it's the work of the Holy Spirit, right? That's the whole, that's this whole class, the personal work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I was going to go back and read some of this because we're talking about what's our responsibility here. And I think we're pretty clear that it's, it's not ultimately our responsibility, but what, what's our role? And Rideout talks about a little bit earlier, and this just has to do with preparation for ministry, right? It could be evangelism or any other aspect of ministry. But he says, on the other hand, every true minister of Christ will hunger for greater fitness and a fuller knowledge. It will be, however, knowledge of the word of God, which he craves. And to that, he will give time and prayer beyond all else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while that could be, that could be 
kind of seen as law based and we could definitely take it at, take it at law based but when we look at it from the angle that we've talked about for so long this is time spent with a person and that time spent with a person bolsters your defense because you're able to communicate this person to another human being more clearly it bolsters your hope because you know a person more closely than you did before and so you know for us um for us to be prepared as ambassadors to be prepared as those who give a defense to everyone who asks would have us spending time with the Lord Jesus in his word. And, you know, that's where the rubber meets the road in terms of preparations for all types of ministry, including evangelism. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's, it goes back to that quote that you mentioned uh, last week, Mike. Um, and I want to, Maybe bring that back up. Uh, it comes from the Hungry Heart on uh, the 3rd of October, or 10-3. Yeah. Until the believer's faith is firmly established in the fact of his position in the risen Lord Jesus, he will not be able to rest in him during the process of his position becoming his condition. One must be secure of the source where he can trust for the growth. And I think yeah. we could say that last sentence a little differently. In this context, one must be sure of the source before he can be prepared to communicate the hope that he has. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah that, that reminded me a lot. It's been going through my head here the last 10 minutes um, in the, the series that Tal Malloy did on trials and sufferings. And, and I don't know who heard it, this or remembers this, but he was, he was in the hospital um, and he had a roommate, George. And George comes to him and says, you know, I, I perceive two things. One, that you have peace and two, that you love me. Uh, and that's just remarkable after, you know, a few hours of conversation. He's like, I think you love me. <laughs> and, and, and Hal, I, Hal's response is actually what surprised me most, you know. Um, but he, he just said, well, let me set you straight. You know, one, it's not my peace. It's Christ. And, and it's not my love. It's, it's Christ's love. And, and I just, that sure, that like confidence, that, that assurance in the fact that that was, that it's Christ's love was because I think a lot of us would respond, well, I do love you, you know, or something like that. But he's like, no, it's, it's not, it's not of me. It's of Christ. And, and that's the key. So when they ask, when they come to you with that kind of a question, you're able to give the right defense, the right answer. It's it's nothing but Christ. You know, if yeah. there's something you see in me, it's, you know, that's. Yeah. So, well, that, I'm glad we I'm glad we did cover that question here because that too. was a fantastic um, bit of discussion. I'm really glad everybody kind of just, yeah, everybody added some really, really great um <clears throat> content there so um we've got 6 minutes by my clock um should we should we crack the door on inspiration enlightenment and prophecy yes yes All right. <laughs> okay so this will be the first question of lesson 35 um and and so this is uh beginning chapter 6 so we we kind of shift uh um the topic to um to the topic of, of uh, scripture, the um, and the first question is: How does Rido define inspiration, enlightenment, and prophecy? Anyone want to take a crack at that? 
Courtney does. All right, great. <laughs> hey, you know, I, again, again, JD, this takes me back, you know, 15 years to Bible study at, at Carrie's. You know, we talked about um, uh, insp- revelation, canonicity, um, that whole that whole discussion from Mount Sinai. That that yeah. was pretty. That was pretty foundational stuff in my thinking as, as far as where my, you know, um, how my thinking has been set up in terms of, of a lot of, a lot of these questions. Yeah, and often these, these kinds of topics seem to come across very academic and dry a lot of times. <laughs> the truth is, it's not, um, but it has to do with how you view it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I won't go on to answer the question, but I, I do think there's a typical response to, oh, we're talking about inspiration, enlightenment, pro- prophecy, like, and then it does get into, like, well, how do we interpret the scripture? How do we understand this person that this this book is talking about? Um, but anyway, go on. You can mm-hmm. dive in there. I would say, I would say that uh, I tried to frame the question that, yeah, you had to answer what inspiration, enlightenment, and prophecy are, but along with that, you, you come to an understanding of what God is doing in terms of making us aware of what he's saying in his word. In other words, can I, as a, a, a young, middle-aged, old believer, give him authorship uh, of the word? Will I understand it if I read it? Uh, and is it applicable to my heart and my conscience? In other words, is it just another book to read? Is it just a bunch of other words? Because one of the things I find in believers today is how little they read the Bible in general. How little time they spend just quietly going through Whatever, you know, and not on a regimented basis, on a grace-made base basis, but, and through that process, do they come to see things that they wouldn't otherwise see? You know? Mike, I totally agree with you. I think about that a lot. How much, how much time during the day do we spend in the Word versus this is my, my kids will beat me up, but you know, versus Instagram, Facebook, all, you know, even my emails and everything else that we have. And yeah. how, much, how much time do we spend just with the Lord? You know, and this goes back to what, you know, you told me years ago, spend time with him, read the word just to know him, you know, to don't study it, just read it. So you, and, and that's been extremely helpful, you know, not law based, but you know, I try and read, you know, every morning, spend time with the Lord before I, you know, I see any email, before I see anything. Just so, for me personally, just my mind isn't beginning to race into the world and all the trials of the day. But it's, yeah, I, I'm constantly amazed at how, how much do people actually spend in the Word? Not, you know, even reading books and other things, you know, but actually in the Word. And yeah. I think it would be shockingly small. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. One of the things I really enjoyed in our trip was that every day we were talking about God's word and some of it was triggered by the the hungry heart for the day or just some scripture that came up at a meal and and off we would go. You know. 
I don't think we had one discussion. I mean, between you and Eckel talking about sports, or not you. I, not me. That's <laughs> Brian and, and Eckel. Talking about sports. I said, that, you know, we we talked about the Lord a lot. Our life should be like that all the time anyway. No matter how busy we are. It, it's like you can't separate God's word out from whatever he's called us to do in the world. No. It's not fits every day. You know, it goes back to what you were saying earlier this morning about, uh, you know, relationships, friendships with with people. You find that, you know, it just gets very dry, very boring, talking politics, sports, or whatever, you know, uh, endlessly. You know, it's those relationships with believers that uh, that are centered around the, the person of Christ, you know, that, that are rich and, and deep and meaningful. So that's, yeah. And, and really, without that time in, in God's word, we don't, we don't have that, you know, don't have that, that content, that knowledge of, of who he is to, to share. Well, the yeah. fact that we have it, that it, it, that we can understand it, that we can gain access to it is, oh. makes, the world of difference and the fact that the Holy Spirit's role in that is something we're going to touch on next week for sure. Mm-hmm. But without that knowledge, we would be groping in the dark just like everyone else. And so again, what great work it is that the Lord gave us the person of the Holy Spirit to help us understand his word and understand who he is. Without that, we have nothing to talk about and mm-hmm. we have nothing to fellowship together with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's oftentimes left to some kind of, and Mike, dare I use like Catholic interpretation of the scripture where only those of certain cleric roles can help you understand these things. And you're always waiting for permission to understand things over time, as opposed to being able to yourself individually understand the scripture through the power of the Holy Spirit's inspiration and illumination of it. And mm-hmm. that's a, that's a, that's fundamental to our our faith. Without this, we literally won't be able to understand. You know, it's interesting, J.D., I was re- when I was reading The Hungry Heart this morning, I, I was struck with the fact that how uh, the Spirit's job is, well, and I shouldn't use the word job, but his activity is to show us that the Father loves us and that we're not, we're not to spend all of our time thinking about ourselves and our own state, but we're to think of him. And he, he orchestrates that and he um, interest uh, in, uh, in my heart every, uh, to be occupied with him. JB Stoney says, yeah. And then he says, if I have lost the world and it's things, what have I gained? I have a person like that. Here's the thought that hit me. I was done with the hungry heart, right? And I, I thought, well, do I need to go check the news? No, I'm not going to check the news because they're all idiots. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to tell me anything that, that I haven't already gotten from from God Himself, you know. So, yeah, those those earthly things lose their their interest to us. 
but it, it was what you guys are saying. I mean, it, it, it really highlights the fact that it's such a gracious thing that, that the Holy Spirit in, enlightens or illuminates his, his word to us to show us Christ. That's the whole point is to show us Christ in the word. And, um, and it's all of grace because if, uh, if it wasn't for that, that, uh, that work, Seth, um, then, then we would be, you know, we would be, um, like you said, JD, you know, groping in the dark. Groping yeah. in the dark. Even, even with the text of scripture, um, in front of us, without the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit, we'd be, we'd be blind, we'd be lost, right? Yeah, it's very gracious work. Well, I'll close in prayer there. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you for this, uh, great opportunity to, uh, to just, uh, fellowship around your word together. We thank you for, um, just the, the wonderful ways that you, um, have illuminated, uh, the, the, uh, different, uh, individuals of this body to be able to share the truth of your word with one another, um, to the, uh, building up and, uh, and an enriching of, of each one of our, our, uh, walks. We just, uh, we thank you for that. Thank you that we can be, um, encouraged by the fact that, uh, it is you who is, is, um, at work, uh, through us to, to draw men to you. Um, and, um, and that we can just be, uh, used as, as common vessels in that, in that work of yours, um, so that you would be glorified. We pray that, uh, uh, many, many more would, uh, would come to, uh, knowledge of, of salvation that's provided in Jesus Christ. Uh, we pray for Yuri specifically, um, and, and so many others that could be named, um, and, and their, um, and their salvation. Um, and, uh, and Lord, we just, uh, uh, thank you for your, your, uh, boundless grace in, in, uh, all that you, um, do and, and continue to do in, in our lives and in illuminating, uh, enlightening us to, to the truth of your word. We thank you for that work in Jesus name. Amen.